Hey friends, I'm Tony. And I'm Tyson. And welcome to Two Dudes Who Don't Drink, a podcast where we explore the day-to-day struggles and the stressors that come with this thing we call life. We will be aiming to offer our listeners practical tips and advice for navigating today without turning to alcohol. Each week, we'll be joined by experts and ordinary people who are making it through their daily grind without a drink in hand. So if you're looking for a supportive community of like-minded individuals eager to learn and grow together, then saddle up and get ready for a ride with Two Dudes dudes That that Don't Drink. What up, what up? Three. That's uno, dos, tres for our Hispanic listeners. I don't know if we do, if we have any, but... uh, They'll get there. Yeah, uh, so Tyson is uh, getting in his... His editing skills on, and has uh, figured out how to use some cameras. And uh, if you've watched episode two, you know that that is uh, video. So I'm going to find myself now uh, looking more at the camera, like I have an audience to talk to and doing, stuff. So. Doing Jim from the office. Yeah, yeah. Or the Joe Buck. God, the Joe Buck look. This Buck. That look. I used to hate. <clears throat> used to hate Joe Buck. Used to hate Joe Buck. Yeah, he. I don't know. He's grown on me. Why? Well, if you listen to other people do, um, you listen to other people do sports broadcasts. They're they're pretty bad. Oh, I'm not dogging him for being a bad pop or a broadcaster. He's a great broadcaster, but doesn't he like hate the Vikings? Uh, I don't know if it's he hates the Vikings as much as he just loves Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it's just uh that guy. Yeah, well, but anyways, yeah. episode 3, yeah, we're here. Uh thank you everybody uh for being here and checking us out. We are now officially live on Amazon. Amazon. Uh Spotify. Spotify. iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. Um Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Um so we're we're getting there. We're out there. We should be on just about your favorite uh, podcast um, platform, 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 platform. God. That's what I have right. to deal with all the time. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Thank you all for being here. Appreciate it. Uh, can't express. Yeah, it's super fun to talk to people and right. get knuckles and stuff from people like, hey, great job on episode one or two or whatever. And it's yeah. uh, it's it's been it's been fun. I hope we. uh are engaging still and and we got a lot to talk about still and it's just the uh the challenge of trying to spread all that out and right. i think we'll start having some guests and stuff on have yeah some, some peeps yeah i think uh I think we'll start with maybe some of the regular people first and then maybe get into some professionals uh that know this space well and can talk about uh space space oh my god oh my god people Dude. that can talk about uh you know, what it is to be addicted, you know, when it comes from a medical standpoint, um, it's more than just, uh, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be addicted to something. You don't really necessarily choose that. I know that you have kind of a strong opinion on, uh, whether or not addiction is a choice, but we can get into that maybe a little bit later today or some other day, but yeah, I'd love to hear your wrong opinion on that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, thank you everybody once again for being here. We are back in the Auto Media Group uh, podcast studio um, for the 
video watching people. You can kind of kind of check out uh, what Wes Auto has going on down here. Um, <clears throat> Wes and his co-host Aaron Jones have the Get Deep podcast that they um, film and record here. Um, Auto Media Group is part of the Connect Podcast Network. Um, yeah, they are. We get a good thing going here and have been awesome to work with in terms of letting us rent the space and just being able to, you know, sit here and talk. Yeah. OMG. OMG. They take, they take all the, all the hard work and all the guesswork out of, out of it uh, and make it super easy. It is very easy. Um, (laughs) It is OMG easy. Uh, I think, I think that, uh, I think eventually they're going to host some other podcasts down here. Um, so we're happy to be able to come down here and be, uh, one of the first, obviously besides get deep. Um, and yeah, come check it out. Come talk to us. Uh, good guys down here do great work when it comes to social media management and marketing, just kind of in general. Uh, so yeah, check check out. OM to the G. OM to the GZ. All right. This episode, we're talking, you know, last time, last episode, episode two, we talked about how we may be redundant from episode one. Uh, Bro, he just muted me. Look at this guy. I didn't even know how to (sighs) hit buttons. Oh my God. Just a, we are, (laughs) we are, uh, what is the term? Um, Amateurs, amateurs, yes, (laughs) amateurs. What are you, an amateur? Yes, exactly. This is exactly what we are. Amateurs, amateurs. Uh, So we're talking about what works for us in recovery. In more specific, we got some more questions uh, that we're going to answer. So again, might be redundant from some of the things we talked about in episode one and two. uh, But again, that's what it is. It's being redundant. It's it's creating your new normal. It's revolving around whatever the case may be. I think one of the biggest things with recovery just in general, um, and it's sort of the same thing that comes down to like dieting. Um, it's not something that you can kind of like dip your toes in, in my opinion. Yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. It's something that you've got to really commit to. Um, yeah, you have to, you know, you can't, <laughs> you can't be half a gangster. That's one of my favorite, um, favorite sayings is you can't do anything halfway. Um, and so recovery is more of a, it's a lifestyle change, you know? I mean, you can't just same with, yeah. Like the dieting, right? That's right. what they say. It's, oh, it's a lifestyle change. Well, and that's when you're going to be most successful is when you make it a lifestyle change as opposed to, right. uh, just, you know, kind of, like I said, dipping your toes in the water, uh, going in, going out. Um, that's not to say that you can't be curious on the sober curious aspect of things, but um, if you really are trying to make a commitment to changing your life, uh, you know, in our terms for the better, then you've really got to, you really got to commit to it. And, uh, you know, there's, there's no amount of drinking in this case uh, mm-hmm. for our addiction. That's going to be safe for us. That's going to be um, acceptable for us and for our spouses and for our families. Yeah, you're right. You're a hundred percent right. <clears throat> and, uh, so let's see one of, well, the first one, uh, Tyson and I both still 
go to AA. Uh, for you, for those who, uh, who don't know what AA is, is Alcoholics Anonymous. And uh, we were just at a, uh, an AA meeting, a Saturday meeting, which is typically a larger meeting, yep. at least 30 people. Um, they typically have some other speakers talk uh, about their recovery, their sobriety, that kind of thing. Um, I think we Tyson took some pictures. I did not take any pictures of Tyson. So I'm just going to get that on record that. Yep. We, uh, uploaded a couple of the pictures on Instagram. Um, so you can check them out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Tony spoke, I spoke, our squad, squad 28, um, was the host. Is it a host of the meeting? Yeah. 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 I think so. Um, and so we were asked, to speak and yeah, um, nothing going on Saturday night. Which uh, is, and do you, how, what'd you think I did? Let's give each other a little. I actually thought you did. I thought you did really well. Um, I thought that, I mean, don't bullshit me. No, let's, I'm, let's I'm actually, I'm being serious. Okay. Um, I got up there. I was way more nervous once I actually got up there. When you stand in front of people. Like I was that, not yeah. nervous before that, which I was, you know, I was super cool, nonchalant, like whatever. Um, and then when I got up there, my phone was turning off. So, mm-hmm. you know, I had to fucking unlock it every fucking two seconds. And uh, that got annoying. I, well, you got the crowd to laugh. I don't think I had a whole, a whole lot of laugh. So yeah. that was a good thing about yours. Is I thought you did great, actually. I think you did really. I worked, nail- I worked on that open for a little while. You did? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my opening line was. Two years ago, you couldn't tell me um, that I would be doing two things right now. One is standing in front of a group of AA members giving a speech. And second would be that I count in months because I don't have kids. But here I yeah, am standing. You, you got the laugh there. Hit the button. Yeah. <laughs> here I am standing in front of a group of AA members. Um, and I just yesterday had turned 25 months sober. So. Um, thanks. That that clap. Yeah. We'll get into that. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, a, just in general, I think, um, I think there's a certain stigma attached to a, and you know, I had, I definitely had my own preconceived notions of what a was. What did you think a was before you got there? Oh, alcoholics. I mean, just guys who, um, guys for one. Sure. It was like only men, only men, like women couldn't be addicts. I guess I never really thought of that, but yeah, I guess. Yeah. I never really thought of women either being there or having problems. Yeah. Right. Cause they're the nurturers, right? Right. They're the ones who got to fucking keep it together all the time. (laughs) Like us men are just complete chaos all the time. So they got to be there. Um, you know, I thought it was, you know, the, this greasy hair, yeah. you know, crotchety dudes that just crotchety. like were just huffing heaters and pounding booze up until the day they had to walk foot into the, into the doors and stuff. But, um, you know. Uh, it was the Lord, old Jesus, mighty and everything right, and, yeah. and God and God, 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 and shove it down your throat and shove it down your throat. And, uh, um, I do make, I, you know, kind of poke fun at that stuff, but <clears throat> there is definitely, um, 
you know, a spiritual part of it. Yeah. But before we get into that, what did you think? Oh, I definitely, I, I would say that my, uh, my experience was sort of, or my, my expectation was sort of the same thing. Uh, how I always describe it is Christopher Lloyd's character in Dennis the Menace. Yeah. Yeah. You had said that, yeah, uh, actually, yeah. you know, the homeless vagabond who comes in, he's full of, uh, you know, rags. And, uh, I imagined with the stick with the bag on the end mm-hmm. and same thing as you smoking heaters, uh, which I mean, that was probably a thing. Um, yeah. you know, up until whenever you could stop smoking on earth. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I definitely thought it was those like a group of those just greasy. Yeah. Like you said, uh, underworld type people. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, then for some like, reason they also sang Kumbaya, um, and then shoved God down your throat. Right. And they thought it was kind of like, uh, um, I thought it was church, you know, right. I thought it was part church and part dirty people. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely, you know, thought that there was no chance that I was ever going to be at an AA meeting. Yeah, no. Uh, cause AA is for alcoholics. I wasn't an alcoholic. Uh, I just liked to party. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, my, my preconceived notion was definitely a ton of negative connotations and i mean you really couldn't be more wrong oh yeah absolutely so what is a actually uh it is a very opening community or uh arms are open community accepting accepting there's the word i was looking for where's that thesaurus need that guy uh, um <laughs> arms open accepting community you can walk through those doors at any time you know we've been pretty anonymous up to this point we've been pretty general on not tailing names and stuff sure. but i think pe- most people know that <clears throat> aa meets down at 5th ave if you know where the 5th ave club is that's where aa is uh, so for actually you- i i don't think that you can say everybody knows or really anybody knows i had no clue that that building even existed until you know what i'm gonna be honest with you i didn't either i had no idea when you said the fifth avenue aa club when i met there for the first time with you i had no clue where that building was yeah you're right i'm you're absolutely right which kills me to say people kills me to say that tyson is right Uh, the first time I went down there, I was like, what is, this is, it's it's a house. house. Yeah. Yeah. It's a house. It looks like a house. Yes. It's in a neighborhood. Right. And there are definitely houses on both sides. Yes. And yeah, just, you, you don't really, I think that that kind of sets the tone immediately for just not knowing what to expect when you walk in the door Mm -hmm. and then you get in the door, the room is, I don't know what. 25 by 25, sure. you know, and it's, I mean, it's a small room. Yeah, it is a small room. I'm just saying it's not like a huge, like church. No, you no, know, there's not, it's not a conference hall. You know, they do have Nothing. Taylor hall yeah, in the back, which is where, you know, they used to have big meetings or where we had we, our, yeah, where they do the big meetings, right. they'll have like Christmas get togethers and holiday get togethers and stuff back there. That's where, 
when somebody's cooking food or something, that's where they serve everyone. Yeah. It's a big gathering area because yeah. that's a part of AA is the fellowship right. of it and um, the gathering and just getting to know other people. It's all walks of life. So what is AA actually? It's, it's all walks of life. It's, it's men, it's women, it's young, it's old, it's, um, it's deep, dark, dark coffee or yeah. caribou frappe mate, you know, uh, at the, whatever they're called. Uh, you know, it's, there's a whole big line of right. and long of, uh, of people there. Well, so. and let's, let's even start, you know, I can't give a super in-depth, um, you know, look into the big book aspect and bill and all of that stuff. Uh, but just to touch on it, you know, the founder of it, uh, founder of Alcoholics Anonymous was a guy named Bill. And that was in the thirties, right? The 1930s. I don't know. Nothing. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> never went for, never went for history. No, no. Uh, but I think it was 1930s. Um, and a guy named Bill um, started Alcoholics Anonymous um, and it was basically, uh, where he was diagnosed as an alcoholic and had no sort of, um, no sort of support system. Right. Um, so then he wrote the big book, they came up with the 12 steps, um, and then the 12 traditions and Jamie, Jamie, fact check him, fact check, fact check him. Alcoholics Anonymous was created in 1935 by recovering alcoholic Bill Wilson. Yeah. Look at that. Go. Yep. I'm Wilson had been attention. failing at his Wall Street career because his drinking was so out of hand that he was admitted to the hospital a number of times. Friends tried to help Bill, including his childhood drinking buddy, Ebby Thatcher. Uh, there's your little Google. If anyone is uh, familiar with uh, Rogan, the Joe Rogan podcast, he's got his his producer is right here and they always reference, which his name is Jamie and Jamie always facts checks. Sure. Joe and his guests. So that's the reference for Jamie fact check him. So we can use Google on here, right? I mean, if we yeah. don't necessarily know something, we don't. But, have to- and then the reason that I bring up, uh, you know, those beginnings is because Bill being in, you know, the wall street and the financial district, um, very, a very high end job, a very prominent job. Um, and then the doctors that he worked with, um, you know, they came, they came up with this plan and they came up with, uh, the steps and the, um, you know, the big book and, and everything else. And people that joined were not the under the bridge type people. No, no, they weren't on, they weren't traveling by train. No, it was the doctors of the world, the people that needed to, uh, you know, either stop drinking or die or stop drinking or lose your career, lose your career. Yeah. You know? And so these people are around us every day. Um, I think that when I've gone to some meetings, there's been people that, you know, you know, you recognize and you see, and it's just like, Holy cow. I, I had no idea that you were in recovery. Um, and just to see those people, it's, it's awesome. I mean, to me, yeah, it is. You know, I, I, I think that seeing people our age, we're not young anymore by any stretch of the imagination, which is kind of gross to, to think about. Right. Um, but seeing our peers, seeing people that are a little younger, a little older than us, 
walking through those doors and trying, you know, um, that's more effort than I gave it. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's no judgment from, from me, from us. And, you know, AA, they come up with the 12 step. This is where 12 steps comes from. And Bill and this Dr. Bob, Bob Smith. Yep. That's the guy. Um, you know, they drew it up. They're kind of inspirations for this 12 steps from the Oxford group. More Googling right here. So, but the point I'm trying to make here is, is uh, AA is a very good foundation to start with. Uh, I don't know if I've talked to one person and I'm massively generalizing here, but um, there is, if, if you're trying to start your recovery, go to an AA meeting. Sure. Just go. Uh, you don't have to say a word. You got to say hi. You got to acknowledge that you're there. You're human. You like, you can talk, but right. you don't have to say anything and at least soak it in. Did you say anything your first meeting? Oh, uh, yeah. Right away? Please, really? Yes. I went right into all my, th- all my bed. I was, I was almost in tears. I, sure. I wasn't, you know, I held it back. Um, Cause you know, just big that, tough guy. Big yeah. tough guy. Yeah. Big tough guy. Um, but uh, it was really hard. And that's what I was saying in, on Saturday was, the reason why we started the podcast was because it's hard. It's really, really, really hard. Yep. And to the point where you're crying because you know, you fucked up, you know, you did wrong. You know, this isn't the life that you need to live or want to live anymore. And you gotta, you gotta face that. And AA is a very good way to introduce yourself into the sobriety community, right. getting sober. Um, and, and, and not even an introduction. There are people that absolutely live by, sure. live by the 12 steps and will in a heartbeat, boom, 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 right. boom, 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 boom. It's a cadence for them. They live by that 12 step. I know what the 12 steps are. Actually, don't ask me because <laughs> I couldn't uh, I couldn't go like one through 12. But right. the biggest one for me is number one. Yep. Is that I am powerless over alcohol. Over, uh, yeah. And that is that's a that's a big acknowledgement to say that you're powerless. It's that something else has control over you. And I've taken it a step further where I kind of make fun of myself and and say, well, I can't handle my alcohol. It, right. and, and, and it's true. It's just another way of saying that I'm powerless over alcohol. Sure. Our, our alcohol has control of me and it, it sure does because here's my thing on addiction again is I didn't need, I wasn't addicted to the alcohol. I was addicted to how it made me feel. Uh, but then the way I became while I was drinking is what the problem was. And the, that is the life that I don't want to live anymore. Right. And it controlled me. Alcohol controlled me and was the escape route for many different things for me. Sure. 
Yeah. Uh, just as you were saying that, I was thinking of the Chris Tucker in Friday where he's like, I got mind control over Debo, man. He'd be like, shut the fuck up. And I'd be quiet. But when he leave, I'd be talking again. You know, that's kind of uh, kind of how I, I felt like I had control over alcohol was, you know, I could do anything with or without alcohol and I didn't need it. I wasn't addicted. I just liked to have fun. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, it was, yeah. uh, there's a difference, you know, alcohols, alcoholics live under a bridge. Yeah. And yeah. I was like party. Yeah. I, yeah. I was, uh, I was a 35, 36 year old, um, college kid essentially, because yeah. I worked at a, a college establishment that, uh, you know, all the kids went to and, I was going to hang out and I was going to be the cool, fun guy, boss, friend, whatever. Um, and so again, I wasn't an alcoholic. I just, I just liked, mm-hmm. liked to have fun. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when my wife passed me at seven o'clock in the morning when I was getting home and she was leaving for work, uh, that wasn't that big of a deal, right? You know, I just, I, I had fun too late. Um, but I think one of the things that in admitting as in admitting that you're powerless over alcohol, I think you also have to kind of couple that, at least for me, with just 100% selfishness. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, powerless over alcohol meant my priorities, drinking, partying. Uh, staying out all night that was more important than anything I had going on at home. Right. Um, and you just really couldn't convince me otherwise. And that's where I finally started to understand that I was powerless over alcohol because I was just totally selfish and it didn't matter if it was my boss, if it was my wife um, you know, if it was my employees, mm-hmm. um, I, when I was having fun, Tyson's fun time trumped everything, everything. So, which is funny, uh, it being, um, selfless or selfish is your first couple of months, six months, three months, four months has to be selfish. Because you have to focus so hard on yourself to get sober. There's a big piece of that being selfish. So you being selfish in your drinking, but then you have to be selfish to not drink, to start selfish your, in your recovery. Self, self, selfish in your recovery. Yeah. 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 And I remember you actually saying that to me at one point and it didn't make sense to me. Um, cause I was like, well, I'm, I don't want to be selfish in recovery because I'm doing this to keep my family. So in my head, I remember thinking about my wife and thinking, well, no, I'm doing this for her. But I think one of the, one of the hardest hurdles to overcome is realizing that I have to commit to it the same way that it goes with the diet, the same way that it goes with any lifestyle change is you aren't going to do it unless you want to do it. 
Right. So for me, I had to want to stop drinking and I had to focus on me and myself and my issues, my things. Exactly. So that I could get through to better, being a better husband, being yep. a better uh, boss and employee. Yep. Um, you know, and see, this is another thing about the difference between our recovery journeys is you had to be selfish and still live your life. You, you didn't go to inpatient treatment. Nope. I did. So that was my time to be selfish. I had 30 days to think about who you are now, who you were and who you're going to be in the future. And how are you going to fix that? Well, they did a very good job at the St. Cloud VA and uh, helped me with that To And I was able to be selfish for 30 days. I thought about my family life, my wife and kids every single day there, uh, which is why they are a big part of my, my recovery. Um, so being selfish is, is, is a big part of it. Um, and you know, I, I think we kind of covered over what actually AA is. I know we'll have somebody on that can give us a more spot on dialed in, uh, a, what actually AA is for this area in region. You know, we can sit here and read what Google says all day long, but it'll be nice to have a couple of people or somebody or whoever we'll have somebody on here that'll explain more about the Mankato AA. Uh, and so turning to this, this third question is, do you have to believe in God? Um, and there are guys who have been sober for 40, 45 years, 35 years, 50 years, 20 years that will say, you just have to believe in a God or your God. So one guy loves to talk about one of his fellow uh, sober, sober buddies. And his God is the the tree stump stump, in the woods. And he goes out, he sits on that tree stump and he talks to another tree stump and that's his God. And that is who is, is, uh, almighty his over or, 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 uh, what's the word I'm trying to, where's that thesaurus at? Um, omniscient. Uh, yeah. It, it's the all ever reaching. Yes. All of that stuff. Why? Yeah. Um, uh, the rational person in your head, sure. the, the, the person who is going to tell you who is when you're reaching for another drink, um, uh, that person comes into your mind, that God comes into your mind. Yep. Um, a lot of people, uh, think back to when they were going you know, their parents made you go to, to church every Sunday. You go ahead to, to go to CCD, all that stuff. And there are guys in those AA rooms that will kind of correct you and say, hey, this is a spiritual. There's a it's a spiritual aspect about it. It's not religion. There's a difference between spirituality and religion. And, and I think that I think that that's actually the biggest differentiator is you have to say that there's something spiritual. You have to acknowledge something, something. I mean, literally something, something doesn't need to be necessarily uh, a big spirit in the sky. Uh, Spirit in the sky. Sorry. I had to do it. I had to do it. Um, 
But at the same point, I don't think I would, would have gotten here without having something to, you know, like at least in my head, talk to, um, Mm-hmm. I, I reference mm-hmm. my worst day of work that I had. And the only thing that I was doing through the worst part of it was talking to myself, to my higher power, um, higher power. That was the word I was looking for. Higher power. Why did you say that earlier? I, sorry. I didn't know if that's what you were looking for. Um, talking to my higher power and just being like, get me through this, you know, that's all. That's all I. That's all I needed to say was mm-hmm. get me through this, and uh, you know, let me get get through it, talk it out, take a couple deep breaths. How easy was it for you to start doing that? In the beginning, it was tough, and that's uh, where I think people get hung up on. Right? Is yeah, they get kind of alienated on on the you know if you don't do it right, right. Yeah. Right away. Then you're, I don't know. Maybe it feels like disingenuine Mm -hmm. for me personally. um, I was raised in a very religious family. Um, But once I was out on my own um, started, you know, my own family got engaged and married, you know, I'll, I'll be a hundred percent honest. God hasn't been, you know, a huge part of, my life, the God that traditional, traditional Christianity. Yes. You know, that hasn't been a huge part of my life. Right. And, and that's so, where I think people are like, well, I didn't go to church as a kid. Like I don't believe in any religion or whatever. And it's, that's, I that's, think even worse than that though, was I did go to church as a kid and then I stopped like with, but that's what I'm saying. People think they need to believe in that God. Right. right. And it's, it's not a, that. a just, but I, you know what, at the start of it, I think that's what AA was about. And that's I, going I back to that first, what did you think AA was about? Right. Was this Bible banging, you know, church, uh, you know, praise the Lord type of thing. We, um, love, we love Bible bangers, but yeah, but we uh, are not Bible bangers. You don't not. have to be a Bible banger to be an AA. No, you don't. No, you don't. But yeah, no, I, I think that that was probably one of the harder things for me was, Sweet muffler, bro. <laughs> that was a motorcycle. Um, yeah, was was thinking of traditional Christianity and yes. thinking of, you know, there's going to be a cross and, you know, we're going to. You're going to have to genuflect when you walk in the door <laughs> <laughs> and hit the finger with the you that's know, what holy that's water. When you genuflect, you go down to one knee. Well, yeah, you I, genuflect. Well, I'm not Catholic. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. My parents, my family were also very religious growing up. Sure. So, but yeah, that, well, and, and yeah, that's, that's kind of how I saw it. And, you know, you see it in TV and movies and I, I, it's just mm-hmm. depicted so, so differently than, than it actually is in those rooms. And, right. uh, you know, it's, so, it's cool. I will say like, I, actually enjoyed kind of coming to the understanding of figuring out what AA actually is. Um, and knowing that it doesn't, it's not about traditional religion. Yeah, no. 
It's not about. And the heart and not the hardcore guys, but the guys who've been there forever. Yeah. will will correct you and say, this isn't, this isn't religion. Right. This isn't religion, but there is a higher power. There is a God involved. And I think that there, I think that if you want it to be about religion, absolutely. I think that you can Do make it. it that way. Do it the same way that I have not necessarily made it about religion. Uh, you know, there, there was something that happened. This is a complete side story, which I might edit out. Love it. Um, there was a, somebody had posted something on uh, social media a while ago. And the, the short version of the story is somebody had written a note to this person saying, we're praying for you and, uh, you know, bless you and Jesus Christ, this, and you know, all of those things. Yep. And this person's particular stance on religion was that, uh, they didn't want to have anything to do with it and take your Bibles and get away from me. And, right. um, at that point in my life, um, I guess I kind of felt the same way just for no particular reason. And so I reposted it and kind of was like echoing the same thing that they said. I look back on that now and I'm like, people can just have their, their own opinions, you know, and it doesn't need to be screw you. Get away from me. Leave me alone. If it's like, Hey, you know what? If that works for you, I guess pray for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I don't think it's going to do anything, but that's one thing that has come in this last three years. We're not, we're not getting into the last three years, but it is certainly, I've been a lot more open and a lot more uh, accepting of things. And certainly going into an AA room uh, has, has changed my outlook on things. So yeah, I mean, do your thing. It's doesn't bother me. So, um, Moving along to uh, what works for us in recovery. Got any, uh, got any hot books? So, so let, 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 let's, um, I'm going to start it by, <clears throat> I did, I'm not a reader. <laughs> I am not a reader. <laughs> I'm not a reader. Audiobook guy, hundred times over sure. and over and over. Um, so, you know, I, I, I bought a couple of books cause I really did like the books. I listened to the books. I followed along with the books, but my books are still in like pristine condition. Cause like I didn't open up and read them. Um, I wish they would add audio books back in, in the old school days. Cause I, I think I might've done a little bit better, but, um, who knows? Um, but, uh, yeah. So what do you got? How many books are we going to say here? We're going to go over a couple. Um, so the one book that I am reading, which is actually not necessarily a book, um, on recovery, but it's definitely a book about addiction. Um, at least I haven't gotten to the recovery part. I would assume that it turns into a book about recovery, um, is called the long way home, um, which is by Cameron Douglas, which is, uh, Michael Douglas's grandson, Kirk Douglas's no wait, other way around. Kirk Douglas's grandson, Michael Douglas's son. Um, and he talks about his addiction in, into drugs and alcohol. Um, and like I said, I am probably about halfway, 
uh, through it. And I know that it will eventually turn into a recovery story, but that's um, a book that I'm reading right now. Um, I had checked out a couple other ones from the library that. Um, Wait, you checked out books from a library? Yeah. <laughs> grandma, grandma goes to the library like once every week, if not, you know, every other week. Really? Um, and so sometimes I'll take her down there and just, if you're in a library, you're going to read a book, right? Yeah, absolutely. I so, love that term. I love that. What is that? Phrase. Phrase. I love yeah. that phrase. So I just said, well, I might as well grab a book while I'm here. And so I checked out a couple of <laughs> interesting um, side story. I went to pick up a book that was kind of in that same uh, area. And there was a recovery book that I did pick up, took it back. I didn't need the chance to read it. Uh, but there was one that was called from like from the bar top or something like that. And it was definitely just a memoir of this lady going into all of these bars across the world. And they got through like the first chapter of it. And he's like, I don't know that I need to, to necessarily read glory days stories of like you her, got her, of her, her yeah. romanticizing the how bar. Awesome. The bar. Well, I mean like are. describing dive bars and how they smell and, you know, how you can tell when you walk in, uh, you know, everybody gives you the, yeah. What? Who the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The record, the, music, the record the scratch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, try being a big brown guy going into <laughs> new Ulm. Dude. <laughs> really? Oh, are you kidding? Dude, I would walk into anywhere outside of this town. Well, yeah. And people are just, you know, I mean, just huge. You know, they think I'm black, first of all. Right. And, you know, I You're come. Samoan. Right. I come walking. Record. I come walking into this bar and they're just like, what is. Oh, we're getting taken over. There's now. a Minnesota Viking in here. Oh, God. I forgot about those. <laughs> you were with for that Randy Moss oh, one, yeah. weren't you? Oh, yeah. That's right. Oh, yeah. Wearing a Randy Moss jersey in the mall. Uh, so anyways, those are the books that, uh, that I've read, checked out. Um, yeah, I've got a little bit more time to, to actually read lately. So mm -hmm. I'm going to, um, immerse myself a little bit more in the pages of a book as opposed to behind a video game controller. Cause fuck video games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the, at the moment F video games, um, one of the books that was huge for me um, was a book by a former Navy SEAL. Uh, surprise, surprise. It is military related uh, called Extreme Ownership. And uh, the concept. Jocko book? Jocko Willink. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, the, the concept of extreme ownership is leaders must own everything in their world. You, as the leader of your own world are responsible for your failures, your team's failures regarding your rank or your position or sure. whatever the case may be. Um, but you know, he takes it into a military there's everything's military about the book, but he has now made this massive enterprise going into fortune 100, 500 companies and uh, introducing this concept to these, these companies and, and, showing them the ropes and, and how it can actually 
be a very good thing to take ownership. So, but in more on a personal level, you know, you're acknowledging your mistakes, you're admitting failures, you're, you're, you're owning up to them and you're developing a plan to win. And that rung true to me more than anything. So the first week I went to treatment, I was like, fuck this. I am not doing this. This is not for me. No way chance in hell. Well, I happen to have already started to listen to Jocko's podcast and the episode that I still have saved. He was talking to this guy named Jody Middick. He was going through his own addiction and Jocko is Mr. Extreme Ownership. So was Jocko an addict? No, Jocko never really drank growing up. He wasn't much of a boozer. And actually he did while he was in the teams, in the SEAL teams. Sure. Because he had to be a part of the guys, but he actually doesn't drink that much now that he's he's out of the teams and he never really was much of an addict. There might have been a family member or something. So just a just a sidebar. Is Jocko a is he a recovery? guy or no. you're just like you applied these thoughts yes and yes everything to yes your recovery okay. yes so um coupling what i was learning then second week of 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 treatment i'm all in um i'm i'm now extreme i'm owning everything that i'm learning in there and sure. so it's it's coupling what i'm learning and reading in extreme ownership or listening to in extreme ownership (laughs) (laughs) and, and what I'm learning and reading, I actually had to read in treatment. Um, so huge, huge for me. Sure. Um, another one was by another seal. Uh, imagine, imagine that. Um, and it's, uh, is there like a library that's just like military people that have written books? Uh, (laughs) There could be because um, David Goggins has sure. yep. is another. Uh, Where else have I heard that name? David Goggins? Yeah. He is like Mr. Uh, crazy runner guy. Um, he's he's crazy. Um, like fitness dude. Sure. Um, um so now that's going to bug me, but anyways, um, extreme, we'll find it. I mean, it, just find it. David Goggins. Well, no, that David Goggins, he's got a di- different book. David Goggins has got uh, can't hurt me. That one is super riveting. That one's like, he goes super in depth into his family life. Can't hurt me. That's where I know that book. Can't hurt yeah, me. I'm just looking yeah. at the, um, but, uh, Crenshaw's book, Fortitude, basically um, one of the chapters is do hard things. And that is, that rings true to the, the recovery community. And, and these are some things that I didn't, I didn't read Fortitude because Fortitude just came out like a year ago or a couple of years ago here or something. But um, it's something that I've picked up along the way. Sure. Um, and just, so there's other things. And you don't have to go into like this big self-help journey either. Um, you can dabble into whatever you want. You can go big, you can go small. 
whatever the case may be. And, you know, there's a lot of self-help stuff out there and a lot of the self-help stuff uh, rings very true to your, your sobriety. Right. Like it's bettering yourself. Uh, one of the quotes from 12 rules of life. That is another one by Jordan Peterson. Um, it is, uh, uh, be better than what you were yesterday. Sure. And you know, compete with yourself there. There's a, there's another thing for you. Uh, speaking of books, there is one book that, um, I actually have on my phone, which is the AA 24 hour a day book. Sure. Um, that one is really good. Now it's the same book over and over and over again for 365 days. So so you you, want to talk about redundancy. Yeah, absolutely. It's redundancy, but you might hit, you won't hit, you know, what's the, what's the math, the ratio on that of when you'd actually hit that, that day again. Well, you would, I guess you're, supposed to read it every day. Yeah. <laughs> 365 <laughs> days, days yeah. later. Yeah. yeah. You're going to hit that one again. Uh, but most of the time it's crazy when you start reading the 24 hour book, it like it rings true to something you're going through right. that day. Um, it's, uh, what's the, I feel like there's a, there's a saying or a term, um, you hear, and I think you actually told it to me, you hear what you need to hear when you need to hear it. Yes. Something, something yeah. along those lines. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's definitely true. I actually did read the 24 hour book, uh, t- today and it's the Hazelden Betty Ford 24 hour book. Um, and it's free. You can download it for free. No, I don't think you can download it for free. Not the, I downloaded it for free. You did. I paid. I actually went to the Hazelton app. I think it was like a buck, whatever. Maybe it was a buck. I just donated. Sure. I uh, donated the cause Tyson. Why are you not donating? Whatever. <laughs> uh, uh, but it's a good, it's a good daily, daily, you know, reflection book is, yeah. is a good term for it. Um, just something to, like I said, uh, you know, it's one of those things that, Maybe not every day is going to uh, to ring true to you, but mm-hmm. um, I've found most often that in a situation where I'm having a particularly tough day, um, I can pick that book up and open it up and pull something out of it that uh, you know feels like it was written specifically for me. Yeah, yeah, you know? it's crazy how it and works. Getting getting the information or getting the, uh, the morsels out of that daily reflection. Um, you know, it's, it's awesome because you don't really know about those things, uh, before, you know, you get into recovery. I mean, there's no reason that I would have ever found the the 24 hour book on my own. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not, I'm kind of not paying attention to you because I, I've noticed when, when I'm, I'm flipping through the 24 hour book and I, I changed phones and I had a bunch of these saved. I had a bunch of the days saved that I really, really liked and it. It hasn't saved them. And I was trying to, but like at, there's an AA thought for the day after each one of these. And they, they sure. ask you a question They're They're in italics at the end of the little paragraph. And some of those questions are so relevant 
in like the time right. in that point in time. It's just nuts how how uh, how relevant they can actually be um, on that certain day. So yeah, it's funny. Um, there's a a guy that I follow on Instagram who I actually follow for some golf stuff. Um, when I had reached out to him to send him a message about uh, something golf related and was kind of creeping on him and his profile and on one of the uh, posts that he has, it has a super old uh, 24 hour book and it was from his, I believe it was his stepdad. Um, and his stepdad was his biggest supporter in, um, in recovery. So this guy's in recovery. Yep. And so sober. Yep. He would call him every January 24th and say happy birthday. Cause that was his, his sober date. And, um, he had passed away, I think in 2021. And he said that it's one of three things that are in his, uh, safe at his house. Oh, wow. One of his most prized possessions. And, you know, I look at that and it's like, holy shit. I, I didn't realize that the 24 hour book was even that old. First of all. Yeah. They have to like redo it. Yeah. And the big book. Right. I did hear that they're redoing the big book. There's like racial stuff in, yeah. the, in the big book. And it was cool to me to see that this guy who he lives around the Chicago area, um, you know, probably 10, 10 plus years older than me. And just seeing how different people still kind of congregate on these tools that, you know, you find in recovery and an AA to pull them through. Yeah. Because it works. Right. It works. Like you just said it, this book is how old, and it's the same book. I mean, there's a couple of variations here now because you gotta, you gotta change it up every once in a while, but yeah, it's uh, it works. It, it truly does work. So we touched on the 24 hour book. The big book is another thing that. And we talked a little bit about the big book. The big yeah. book was written by uh, Bill, Bill and, and Bob. Bob, but it's about real people right. and real people's stories. And it's, you know, long chapters about somebody's story and how they got into it. And I'm not a huge big book guy. Um, I like to, whoa, whoa. Uh, <laughs> uh, I like to listen. Imagine that to somebody's story. I don't want to read it. That's probably, <laughs> that's what it is. That's what it is. Uh, I I, I get what you're saying. You get, you get it right. Like it's, I'd rather feel their emotion and, and, you know, kind of go through their journey with them. Uh, I just, I don't know. The big book just, it doesn't do it for me. Which is, which is totally fine. I think it comes back to everybody's got their own, your own recovery journey. Right. Exactly. Not, not, there's not one single single file way of recovery that, uh, this is the only way that it's going to work. They're used to, uh, that is another, um, misconception of like AA. it was like, it was this way or the highway. Right. I think back in the day, which again, when we have one of these guests on, I think could tell us that like, I think it was, it's this way or the highway. Right. And they have definitely changed their tune yeah. over the years. Yeah. 
I'm, I mean, I can't, I, I think that Alcoholics Anonymous has been an invaluable find for me. Right. Um, it, it has definitely helped guide me along my journey. Um, and has definitely shaped the, you know, kind of the direction of, mm-hmm. of my sobriety and given me a great base. Yep. You know, I, I yeah, think that's a great foundation. I think one of the best things that you can ever take away from AA is the doors are always open. Yes, it is. You know, you're never going to get uh, turned away from a meeting. I think for the most part, you know, I think that there were rules on that back in the day too, that you couldn't go to a meeting drunk. Um, but I think it's just as long as you're not like currently drinking, right? Or do you know? I don't know. I don't know if a guy walked in completely shit faced. Oh, I think that I, I think people, yeah, I guess I think they that would let a, him sit down. There but if a, he's, there was a week that, um, somebody had come to one of the earlier meetings, um, and they were talking about, well, is it allowed? Is it not allowed? And I think it was, it comes down to intent, you know, was the person who was drunk, like, were they there to disrupt or were they there because sure. they needed help? They needed help. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so as long as their intent is seek help, then we're all there to help you. Yeah, exactly. You know? And I think that for us, you know, we, we can, it's a lead a horse to water mm-hmm. type thing, but we can't force you to drink. Right. You can sit here, you can, you know, listen, you can do whatever. whatever. Um, that's just how you, how you leave the room says more probably than um, how you came in. Right. You know? I think that's uh, one of one of the guys says it that way. He says that exact quote. <laughs> Nailed it. Should have. You should have just wrote AA. <laughs> yeah. Too big. Uh, so what else works for you in recovery? Um, Tyson? So I have been, I, I mentioned this on one of the other episodes. Um, I, I used to be on Reddit um, a lot. Um, don't go on it as much anymore, but whenever I am on Reddit, probably one of the biggest. Um, so for what is Reddit for people who don't know, by the way, Reddit's uh, what is it? The home of the internet. It's the front page of the front internet. page of the internet. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a massive forum. Yep. It, and there's, they call them subreddits. Right. So there's Reddit and then there's all these subreddits and you can subscribe and follow the subreddit basically. And then it's just a massive forum that people can post pictures, videos, stories, uh, stories, yep. you know, whatever the case may be. And, and any Tom, Dick and Harry out there can respond to this. Um, there's not much for, Moderation. I, there are people who do moderate the subreds, yeah. the the threads in there. But uh, as far as as it goes, it's it's pretty free it's reign. Open. Yeah. yeah. So, um, basically, if you think of the GameStop saga, the Diamond Hands to the Moon, that whole thing, that all came from Reddit. Yeah, like the when they started investing. Yeah. Or uh, yeah, investing in yep. in GameStop, in inflating GameStop. the price and. Uh, Anyways, on Reddit, there is a subreddit um, that's just called Stop Drinking. And I will always go there and check it out. And, uh, you know, there's there's great stories. There's yeah. heart gut wrenching stories right. on there the same. 
Um, but I'll, I'll give them a, an upvote every once in a while. Yeah. You can, you can always see there. And this is true for AA as well. Um, you're not the only one going through these things and you think that you're, you're alone. And, um, especially when you want to get help, I feel like you're really, really alone when, you know, if you don't have anybody, if you don't know somebody that's right. in recovery, um, I think you feel loneliness because it looks like it's you against the world because mm-hmm. everybody drinks, Yeah, you know? And so how are you ever going to socialize? How are you ever going to do any of these things anymore if you don't have a drink and, um, Reddit and a both will show you that you can do it without drinking. Right. Um, well, Reddit, A and A and whatever else you find right. can help you, right. uh, in your recovery. And yeah, I, I am also, uh, I subscribe or what is the word? So yeah, you subscribe, it, subscribe to that subreddit. Um, there's a couple other ones. There's a stop drinking fitness oh, one. Oh God, fuck those guys. Yeah, where it's like, <laughs> I haven't drank for six months. Look at this six, six pack, pack that I got. These fucking huge muscles. It's like, oh, yeah. And like, yeah, I could do that. And yeah, you feel a hundred yeah. times better when you're not yeah. drinking. And yeah, it, I should be and could be and woulda, shoulda, coulda get on that treadmill and yeah. hit those weights. But, you know, I don't. Um, what is a couple other ones? I mean, there's, how to get sober. It's there, there is, there is alcoholics anonymous on, on, uh, yeah. there's a subreddit. Right. Um, but stop drinking, I think is the biggest one. And like I said, it just, it varies from different stories to different perspectives. Sober. There's a sober subreddit sure. that I follow. Um, and one of their things that they always type is I W N D W Y T, which Stands for, I will not drink with you today. Um, It kind of takes what I think is the hard, one of the harder parts of sobriety, which is the endless abyss of having to be sober forever Mm -hmm. and breaks it down the same way that a does in any other sort of recovery program, which is one day at a time. Uh, today I'm not going to drink with you. Yep. Um, you know, it's nine 30 at night. Um, right now we could leave here and we could go to a bar, uh, you know, if we wanted to, but I think having that support of being able to say, Nope, not doing it today. Let's just make it home today. Let's make it home tonight. Let's Um, not drink tonight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, that gets some people through, you know, what, what can be a hard day. Right. Um, you have to break it down kind of in some of those terms. I've heard people talk about even less than that. I, I will, I'll make it through. I just got to make it an hour. Yeah. And then if I can make it one hour, then I can make it another hour. Absolutely. And if I can make it another hour, then maybe I can make it for the rest of the day. Right. Um, you know, and that, that's where you really see how, how strong of an addiction alcohol can be is that some of these people can't make it an hour without thinking about or actively reaching out to get alcohol. Right. You know, we look at it 
I'm definitely not going to say we're masters at sobriety by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not as tough for us. I think, you know, there's liquor bottles here in the studio. I don't, right. don't know that that, you know, is super pertinent, but there can be liquor bottles anywhere. We can be at a bar and we're fine. We can be offered a drink. Right. Like literally handed to us and say no. Right. But there's other people that as soon as they get in those situations, it's game over. Yeah. You know, so they need a lot of people need uh, some of that support of I'm not going to do it right now. I'm not going to do it with you today. And let's just make it through today and then we'll tackle it tomorrow once it gets here. Yeah. You know, I think actually the 24 hour book right now talks about two days that that you can't ever get back or two days that you can't do anything about or tomorrow and yesterday. Exactly. Um, so make the best of today. Yeah. There's actually people in the recovery community that would even, they'll say go to minutes on it. Right. Uh, you know, what do they say about eating, you know, eat a meal and then wait 20 minutes and you won't be hungry anymore. And it's, Hey, you got a, you got a craving, you got an urge, uh, to, to take a drink and just, just try waiting 20 minutes. Uh, I mean, if you're really that, that into it, you know, wait 20 minutes, go do something else, figure something else out, 20 minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it takes, like just put more effort into it, I guess as well. Right. Yeah. You know, and I, I think in, in going down this whole list of, of things that, um, that work for us in recovery. Uh, to me, it boils down to finding somebody that you can talk with. I think that obviously you and I have that together. I think that's huge. I think that's absolutely massive, huge because we, we've, we have some topics that we didn't go over, uh, that we were wanted to talk to walk, talk about on the first episode and we'll come back to them. Yeah. And we'll come back to them. One of them is, is friends. And it, there are, when I started into it, my recovery journey, it was like, there's your drinking friends and then there's your friends and talking with somebody is huge. You can't go to one of your drinking buddies and start talking about being sober because they're going to be like, uh, let's have a beer. Check out this lame ass. Yeah. Yeah. Like let's, uh, what are you doing here? Like find somebody you can have an honest conversation with and talk to them about it. Right. Like-minded individuals. That's a big thing in AA. Yes. Um, find a like-minded individual, somebody who is going to support you and then you're going to be in a better position, Mm -hmm. you know, where if you try to go downtown and you try to go to a bar and you have a conversation with just uh, Joe bag of donuts and say, Hey, let me, let me talk to you about being sober. Like that's, that's just not going to work. It's not going to work. Right. You're not going to go down, sit in your favorite stool and talk to Joe bag of donuts about not drinking while he's drinking while you and him are probably drinking a beer. Right. You know, it's, uh, it's not going to happen. Yeah. It comes back to that whole commit, that whole commit to, to change the whole lifestyle change is it's gotta be, you've gotta be committed to it. But, um, the, the biggest thing that has worked for me in recovery is talking to somebody 
Um, I've me too. I've sent a, you know, I forwarded our podcast on to, uh, my counselor who, um, like I said, now I don't consider really a counselor. I consider just a friend and you got some shit on your nose. No, like you, you're brown nosing. (laughs) (laughs) Counselor who turned into a friend and she is somebody who, uh, you know, I knew immediately once I had gotten myself into trouble um, that I needed to reach out to and I needed to connect with. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from there, I just needed to talk to her. And I just needed to find somebody that could give me advice on a different level. Um, she's an Al-Anon member, which is, you know, different from Alcoholics Anonymous. Right. Um, they're more so the family of people that are in recovery, people that are going through the Alcoholics Anonymous program. Um, and she knew how to talk with me about some of the issues that I was facing, you know, and she was a like-minded individual, um, being able to talk with you about things, being able to talk with my wife Mm -hmm. about things, Mm -hmm. um, just being able to vent and talk with somebody talking with the people in the AA room, you know, that has been the paramount of recovery to me is having that and being able to fall back on that. Right. Do you, do you feel like the truth is out there then when you're, when you're talking to somebody like for me, why I talk about it so much is I'm going to get it out there. And I'm not a person who's, uh, I used to be a big, uh, like, I don't know, self-centered person. I was all about your image. You know, sure. w- what did you look like? Yeah. You know, you can't tarnish social your, status, your social and, status, yeah. that kind of shit. Well, then you spend three days in County and that goes fucking out the door pretty quick. So, uh, get a huge, massive piece of humble pie. And a part of me talking to people is the truth is out there. And I'm going back to my self image. If I'm going to tell you that I don't drink and I do a, B and C then I'm going to live it and I'm going to show you that I'm going to do it. And I'm not just going to talk the talk. I'm going to walk the walk. And it is one of a big part of my recovery is I'm not going to be this bullshitter and bullshit through all of this, which you do find people who, who, who start their recovery when you get further into your recovery, I'm five years now and I'll go to a meeting and there's somebody who's fresh in there. You can kind of tell that they're bullshit. Yep. You can kind of tell there is a, there is a difference when somebody who is truly in there to change. And then there's somebody who's bullshitting in there yep. and you can tell it in their tone, how they're talking, what they're talking about their mannerisms, their body language, all of that. And, and that doesn't come from judgment. No, right. No, but it's, uh, it's my recognition of, again, I'm trial and error person. Like I'm not going to do what this person's doing. I'm going to be straightforward and honest with you. And then again, 
I'm going to talk the talk and I'm going to walk the walk. It's a don't tell me, show me type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would say that that's something that I've, I've truly um, adopted over the last two years is don't talk about it. Be about it. Exactly. Um, You know, quick side story. Own it. Right. Exactly. Um, I had met the owner of, of a gym at a clothing store here um, in town. And I saw him, I went in to go try my uh, tux on or suit on or whatever it was that I was picking up. And I came out and while I was changing, I was thinking to myself, oh man, I'm going to tell him how I'm, hey man, I'm going to come see you and, uh, you know, watch, watch out for me. I'm going to come in yeah, and I'm going to, yeah. you know, come get a membership and da, 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 da. And I stopped and I said, don't. Don't give him that. Yeah. Don't, don't feed no. him that line of bullshit. I'm sure yeah. he's heard that before. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just said, you know what? I'm just going to go up there and I'm going to book an appointment and I'm going to start going to the gym. And of course that, you know, spanned a probably month and nothing happened. So I was really glad that I didn't tell him that I was going to come because, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, four weeks passed and I didn't go. Right. And another, another gentleman that I, knowing him friends with had posted that he had started at the gym, you know, a few months prior to him posting this. And I was going to type the same thing. Oh yeah, I'm I'm ready to go. I've just got to go up there and uh, meet with, uh, you know, gym owner guy. And I I literally looked at his post and I said, what the fuck are you doing? Mm -hmm. And so I, that day went up, made an appointment, signed up for a, for a gym membership. That was Thursday. I was in the gym on Monday, um, you know, and it's been a pretty good road of that's been some of my replacement for, for drinking is, uh, going, going up there and getting, getting a good, getting a good workout in sweat in. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Get those squats in. (laughs) Got to do them arms. And, uh, you know, don't talk about it. Be about it. Exactly. About it, exactly what you were talking about. Yeah. 100%. Um, but just in general, making sure you have somebody that, you know, you can, you gotta, you gotta be able to unload is kind of my, my thing is right. if you keep holding on to and harboring, um, you know, a lot of these feelings and emotions and resentment, you can't get it out. That's, that's what it was like for me on my, on my bad day of work. Um, if I wouldn't have talked to you, if I wouldn't have talked to, uh, my wife and my other friend, I probably would have found the bar. Right. Um, so, so having those people saved me. hundred percent, hundred percent. We, I can, I can go on and on about the people that I have talked to and, Um, but a, one thing that you reminded me of is, um, replacing your alcohol with something else. Yep. That is something else that definitely works for me. And it can be anything. Be addicted to something else. Be addicted to being a winter green lifesavers, winter green lifesavers, uh, candy, be a good dad, be addicted to being a good dad a good father. Right. You don't have kids. Yeah, we know this. Uh, be a good person. Be a, uh, turn, 
become a board game fanatic, become a video game fanatic, become a hiker, become a whatever. Put all the energy you put into drinking and put it into something else. Right. You can, there's a guy at the meetings that's always like, well, you drudge through the, the blizzard to get to the bar. You can drudge through the blizzard to get to a meeting. Yeah. You can drudge to, through a blizzard to go to your basket weaving meeting. Sure. And that's going to replace your, your alcohol use, you know, whatever the case may be, replace your alcohol with something else. Yeah. So with that, I think that those are, you know, those are the things that worked well for us in recovery. Um, you know, let us know. Maybe there's some things that. Yeah. Hit us up in that chat box. There's some things out there that, uh, that work for you that we didn't mention and let us know what those are. And, um, you know, maybe we can talk about those things, um, here in the future. I think it's just a good conversation, you know, again, talking with others. Um, I think that that's the biggest uh, cornerstone to what we're doing here. Why mm-hmm. we're here mm-hmm. is just being able to talk. And so maybe that some of those people that are listening can understand that, you know, these, these are some of the things that you should probably adapt to if you want to be successful um, in, in going down this sober journey, because it's different for everybody, but there's some key things that work well uh, to be successful for sure. Good, for sure. good foundations. Yep. And with that, I'm going to thank you for your time yeah, today. Thank you. Thank you again. Thanks again to uh West auto auto media group uh, for letting o- us o- use sure there's a hand thing you can do there, but sign language. Yeah. Uh, thanks for letting us use your beautiful studio. And uh, again, follow us on all socials to the number two dudes that don't drink. Check us out on Amazon, Apple Music, uh, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. Podcast. Podcast. So thank you guys again. Yep. Thank you. Have a great night. Later.